Hi, and welcome to the Cultural Professionals Tea Break, a podcast for cultural professionals where you can sit back, relax, and hear how your colleagues are dealing with the stresses, pressures, and challenges of leadership. My name's Keith Jeffrey. I led cultural organizations and programs for over 30 years, and now I use that experience to help cultural professionals become more confident leaders and managers so they can achieve the impact they dream of. Culture is a tough business, and there are so few opportunities where you can talk about and reflect on being a cultural professional which is why I've created this podcast and associated Facebook group. I believe cultural professionals should be allowed to thrive and not just survive. But that doesn't happen by accident. One way of building resilience is by sharing our experiences. In these podcasts, we'll be meeting a range of cultural professionals who hold leadership roles in different art forms and in different contexts, all at different stages of their career. I hope you can use our conversations to reflect on your situation. And if you wish to talk further, message me at LinkedIn or join the Facebook group. I don't want cultural to, any cultural professional to think they're on their own. There is help out there if and when you need it. And if you want to be a guest, I'd love to hear from you. And today I'm delighted to introduce Stephen Munn, Chief Executive Officer and Artistic Director of Absolutely Cultured. So grab a cuppa, the biscuit of your choice and put your feet up. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Hi Stephen, how are you today? I'm very well, Keith. Nice to see you. So tell, tell us a bit about who you are, your job title, um, and, and the work of the organisation that you are involved, involved yeah, with. Sure. So um, I'm Stephen Munn, and I'm CEO and Artistic Director of an organisation called Absolutely Cultured, and we're based in Hull. Um, I've been in the, in the role for about three years now. Absolutely Cultured um, was born out of UK City of Culture 2017, um, which was a massive thing in the city of Hull. And yeah, it was just a a brilliant, a brilliant um, time for for the city and it instigated a lot of change in this place. I guess Absolutely Cultured was termed the legacy company of 2017, but no one really knew what that was and no one really had planned in what the legacy was. It was all about this amazing time, this amazing festival happened through the year. So I think Absolutely Cultured um, in 2018 when it was formed was really, it was up against it because it had to really rediscover what a legacy company was and understand what legacy meant after this uh, crazy year. So that's where I am. That's um, the organization I inherited and I'm running now. So what what was it about Absolutely Cultured um, that you wanted to um, to do when you, you saw the role? You could, what, what was exciting about it? What did you want to achieve with Absolutely Cultured? Yeah, I think, I think When I first saw the role kind of come up, um, I was just, I I, I was really kind of in awe of what happened in 2017. You know, I came to Hull through the year, I saw some of the spectacle. um, And the work that I've been doing, um, I've been CEO and artistic director of an organization called Data in Derby. And I've been doing a lot of outdoor work, a lot of festival work, a lot of dance, contemporary circus, physical performance work. So I felt it was a really good fit for me in Hull. And it was like a, I thought it was a bit of a step up. It was a bit of a bigger role. But I guess when I arrived, I just thought I would be doing amazing performances, amazing shows, festival type work. But it really, 
It wasn't about that. Um, it came evident quite quickly that what needed to happen was a bit of a restructure, a bit of a reshaping, a, a really understanding the cultural ecology of Hull and seeing what absolutely cultured, where it fitted um, within that cultural ecology to best support what was here already and not tread on people's toes, because that's quite a big thing in Hull. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that's basically what, what, what I set out to do. So tell, tell us the story. Tell us about how you got into culture. What, what, was, what inspired you to start doing this type of work? Yeah, I mean, I'm from the west coast of Scotland um, and was brought up in the 1970s on the west coast, coast of Scotland. And there wasn't really a lot of arts going on. There was a lot of engineering, ICI were there, nuclear power stations, but the arts weren't really seen as a career. And, and I guess like a lot of people are young teenagers or young boys. I just got into music. It was um, music that kind of opened doors for me. And... I started playing the guitar and then I was kind of obsessed with David Bowie and, and, and what he was doing and, and the kind of imagery that was coming on the on the screen, the television through Top of the Pops at that time. Um, so I kind of got out of the West Coast of Scotland as quickly as I could, really. And, and I ended up studying leisure management, which because um, I knew I just wasn't good at kind of academic stuff, subjects. I was good at sports. So I ended up doing leisure ma management and then just ended up in London um, and knocking on people's doors, asking for a job, basically, in, in, in theatre. And it was production that I got into. It was much more to do with technical theatre. So I got into lighting. I got into stage management. I started working just with companies like Riverside Studios and Hammersmith, the Royal Court, Albany Empire and Deptford. And then we formed our own company called The Technical Connection, which was to do with touring theatre and dance companies internationally. So I just, I just kind of got into this um, being in London and, and thought it was the coolest place. And coming out of the West Coast of Scotland, it was just the most exciting time. I was in the 80s. I was in London. And I just thought I was at the centre of the universe, really. So I kind of, I, I carried on with the technical thing. And then I decided to do an MA in arts management and policy when I kind of got into my 30s. And that was a change in direction for me, away from the technical side of things and into more management, looking at, looking at, um, uh, programming and theatre programming. And that was through, I was working for an organisation called Laban at that time. I had a brilliant mentor called Dr. Marion North, who basically said, you can't climb ladders for the rest of your life. You need to go and do something, you know, just to think about the future. So that's really it, Keith. Um, I just, I've just gone from one thing to the other. I just loving being involved in the arts and, and things have fallen quite well for me, really. Has there been like a golden thread that you've followed throughout us? Has, has what you want to achieve in those roles sort of changed over the years? I don't know. I just think there's always been this thing about people for me. And I've been really, really fortunate that when I arrived off the bus from, from Scotland into London, I met 
amazing people that are still with me today. Yeah. You know, that I still work with these people today. And I feel privileged to, to, to know them and the talent. And there's just something about people and being around exciting creatives and creative people that, that I get a real buzz from, actually. Okay. And when you came to Hull, you were talking about you had one idea of what you thought you might be doing, but then you were faced with the reality of dealing with the legacy of um, of City of Culture. How did that all come together then? What 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 made you? What was your thinking? How what 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 sort of challenges did you? Um, think you had to address and then how you came to those solutions yeah I mean I think the first thing that that I realized when when I got there was it was a it was an unsustainable model that was in place that you know there was over a hundred staff that were um, employed by the city of culture company and then it had to shrink, um, so it, it shrunk to 30 people. So when I came in again, you know, the, the, the first thing I, I recognised was that it needed to kind of, uh, the organisation needed to um, to be reduced. So kind of looking at that side of thing in the business and how, he, this is going mad. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah, so 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 when I got here, you know, the, there was all the, there was kind of two sides to the well, there was three sides to it. There was organization was kind of it wasn't sustainable, the business model wasn't sustainable, and partnerships across the city were were kind of they they, they were kind of stressed and they were kind of torn in a way. After City of Culture came in, there was a lot of people, a lot of partners, cultural partners in the city felt that they should have been getting more out of it, that, there was, that, that they were kind of hard done by. So for me, what I had to do when I got in, there was a whole organisational structure that needed to be looked at. Then there was partnerships, there was bridges that needed to be built. There was a lot of mending that needed to happen across the city. And I just wasn't expecting that amount of um, tension in the city, but... So that's what I had to go around. And then the kind of creative part of it, the artistic part that I really um, enjoy and thrive on, that was almost like taking third place to the other stuff that needed happening. So that, that, that was kind of how I had to go about my, my job, really. Uh, it's interesting because one of one of the things I talk about on the post often is about like accidental leadership, and it's the sort of the, root, the roots that you've taken to where you are now seem to seem to back that up. You sort of fell into culture, and then you you there was nothing. Nothing's been planned about how you've went forward. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. But I'm very I'm quite an instinctive person, Keith. I, I don't. I kind of go with my gut a lot of the time and I, I, you know, and I think that's, you know, why I'm in the arts in a way, because, you know, I, I, there's a lot of expressive people out there and a lot of creatives and, you know, I think instinct plays a lot of, you know, a, a part in, in the way I make decisions um, and the, and the people I kind of work with as well. 
So what, what sort of challenges are you facing now? Because I think you've, you've made an MPO application. What, what, what's the cultural sector looking like to you right now? I think I think it's I think it's been squeezed. It's almost like a 360 degrees squeeze going on on the sector at the moment. You know, money's money's always been a problem, but you know, well, I mean, especially since 2011 with local authority cutbacks. So I mean, it, it feels that you know, money. There's always stuff around that that's going on. I think for me personally. I think the pandemic, I think when we were in the pandemic and we, when we were on furlough, I wasn't on furlough, but my organisation was on furlough. It almost allows, allowed the space and time to do planning and strategy. And so I found, I found that period quite productive, actually. But the hurdle came later on. It's like when I was trying to put all my amazing thinking into practice, when everyone came back and suddenly they thought, what's that? What, what, you know, it was almost I raced ahead. I had to stop, come back, and then pick everyone else up and take them, take them on that journey, on that visioning of, of, of what absolutely cultured, in my opinion, how it can be sustainable in the city where a lot of people had just come out of city of culture and, and were on furlough and, and didn't quite get it. So there was a lot of thing around communication. I think the pandemic also, um, I just had to go into HR mode, Keith, to be honest with you. I mean, there was a lot of stuff around people, you know, um, you know, people moving on from their jobs, so a lot of stuff around mental health. It was almost like being in a kind of, you had to be so reactive around HR that, again, the creative part of it took second fiddle, you know? Yeah. So, so, so there, there was that. And then, of course, audiences. Where are the audiences now? So there are, there's quite a lot of challenges out there, I would say, at the moment. So what, what do you know now that you wish someone had told you when you started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think in leadership, the, the, the thing is, you know, I know now that I can't keep everyone happy. You can't please everyone all the time. And I think that, you know, I've always thought I was a you know a bit of a people person and you know could get on with most people and take people with enthusiasm and, and vision and come on let's go with that but it's not enough really. So I, I think that I think there's something around you can't please everyone all the time and you know and, and that's fine. You know that, that's fine um, for, for, for that to for that to be um, be the case, really, and and there's something also about not taking things personally, um, and you need to kind of grow a, a hard skin quite quickly, I think. And you know, I think the, because of the cultural sector being squeezed, I think it's become it's becoming more competitive. I think it's becoming a bit more hard nosed, and you just need to have your ducks lined up. So. I guess it's 
bit of a hard skin. Don't things take don't take things personally, and you can't please everyone all of the time. Right, interesting, because it it requires, I I think, a more sophisticated level of leadership and management than this the sectors had in the past, because resources are so squeezed. Um, it's not enough just to be enthused by the, the work. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, no, I think I think it's not. But I think I think the passion is important. Keith. Yeah. I really do. I mean, there's some amazingly talented, passionate people. And that's why I still do it. That's why I still love it. But you're right. You have to think about it in a, in a multitude of different ways, different angles. Um, and the other I mean, there's something around taste as well. It's around, the, you know, I know what I like but not everyone likes the same thing so it's it's i think it's really important to understand that when you're thinking when you're programming when you're producing that you're not just doing it for you you're doing it you need to think about audiences you know that's your big thing i know it's about audiences and audiences first as far as i'm concerned so tell me one thing that you've done that you are proud of which really like summarizes your career. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the work that I did in Derby, that we did in Derby, I'm, I am really proud of that. You know, there's two parts to it. There's data, the venue, and 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 you know what that group of people did establishing that that organization in terms of dance uh, contemporary circus and outdoor work i think was really good for that small city and then you know we started the festival together derby festi and and i'm incredibly proud of that you know i think we you know brought huge audiences onto the street and we we, we kind of changed the expectation of, 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 of a small city to want more and you know and, and and make it that European feel you know excellence ambition yeah I mean I yeah I'm very proud of that as well brilliant well thanks very much for your time Stephen um really enjoyed the conversation pleasure thanks Keith I was very grateful to Stephen for taking some time out of his busy schedule to reflect on his journey. Um, my reflection on our conversation is that the increasing pressures of cultural leadership need a more sophisticated response. Simply put, cultural professionals need to be better at leadership and management than almost any other sector simply because the resources are being squeezed like never before. Yes, it all starts with passion, but then you have to go further. But that step change is achievable, but it needs you and the sector to commit to increasing and developing those leadership and management skills. So you can find out more about Absolutely Cultured at their website, absolutelycultured.co.uk. If you'd like to join the Cultural Professionals Tea Break Facebook group, simply search on Facebook and join us for some friendly conversations with other cultural professionals. Or if you'd like to talk to me about this podcast, leadership support or coaching, message me through LinkedIn. Many thanks for listening and see you next time.